This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. many ways for you to get in touch with the show. Things you like or things you didn't. If social media is your thing, you can stop by on Twitter at Accessible Media. That's also the handle on TikTok at Accessible Media. You can do the Instagram and Facebook thing as well at Accessible Media Inc. at Accessible Media Inc. on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to go slightly more old school, but not all the way old school, you can head over to your computer or your phone and fire off an email, feedback at ami.ca, feedback at ami.ca, or if you really want to make Alexander Graham Bell proud, you can pick up the phone and give the show a call, leave a voicemail, 1-866-509-4545, 1-866-509-4545, please get permission to play your voicemail on the air. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. If you're looking for a new holiday movie that's a little less flashy, maybe a little less rom-com, The Holdovers is the one for you. The film stars Paul Giamatti and is directed by Alexander Payne. It's currently in theaters. Let's take a moment to watch a clip from the film. A student grimaces at the D-minus he received on an exam. Other students receive an F-plus, a D, a D-plus. The last exam returned by the whistling teacher earned a B-plus. The teacher goes to the lectern and shakes his head. I can tell by your faces that many of you are shocked at the outcome. I, on the other hand, am not because I have had the misfortune of teaching you this semester. And even with my ocular limitations, I witness firsthand your glazed, uncomprehending expressions. He pulls glasses from his jacket. Sir, I don't understand. That's glaringly apparent. No, it's... Uh, I can't fail this class. Oh, don't sell yourself short, Mr. Coates. I truly believe that you can. I'm supposed to go to Cornell. Unlikely. Entertainment critic Michael McNeely has thoughts on the holdovers. He's in studio alongside his intervener, Jillian. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? Michael, I'm great. Uh, another one of these films that I've seen the trailer for going to other movies, and I found it to be appealing. I thought it was interesting, but do a little bit of setup on context for the premise of the film. What does the term holdovers mean? I think the term can mean two things. I think, first of all, it's similar to hold back, which was the idea that students may have to repeat a grade, especially before the new curriculum in Ontario. Students did repeat grades in, in, in this province before. Um, hold back and hold over could also refer to um, things that are in the past that were still used today. So, for example, if there was a, a TTC streetcar that was from the 1960s but was still using it today, that would be a holdover. How does that term or the notion of being held over perhaps apply to many of the main characters in the film? Well, first of all, the story is about the student who is forced to stay over 
for Christmas break because his family is not ready to take him home or doesn't want anything to do with him. And as a result, both his teacher needs to stay and the cafeteria manager also needs to stay to feed him. Um, so all these three characters are perhaps wanting to do other things, but they're here. They, they have no choice but to be here. And because they're here, because they're alone on campus, alone at Barton, um, they really have no one to answer to except themselves. And that means they come to face to face with some of the issues in their lives that they would be, you know, they would be quickly ready to distract themselves from. The the film and the way that it's presented in the trailer looks like it's a little bit more character driven rather than big massive plot points. How did that come across for you as an audience member? Well, actually, first of all, watching the trailer with all of you today, I just kind of noticed that it's the anti Dead Poet Society, it's the anti Robin Williams, um, because Paul Giamatti plays Paul who is a teacher who is very disenfranchised, who's very, you know, he's out of it. He's, he's doing the same things every year. He's used to failing his students on a regular basis because, of course, his teaching style is not inspiring or catchy or anything like, you know, those inspirational teacher movies that we see. But that's the point. And he... This is not a spoiler. He's not going to become one of those inspirational teachers in any time soon, if at all. So that's one of the characters. The other character I really wanted to mention is played by Define Randolph, and she is the cafeteria manager. I'm very happy that they said cafeteria manager as opposed to lunch lady, mm -hmm. because the cafeteria manager really highlights the complexity of her job. Mm -hmm. And so... Her job is not only to run the cafeteria, it's also to try and overcome the death of her son, Curtis Lamb, who died in Vietnam. I didn't mention this, but this film, this film takes place in 1970. So, all these characters are here, and all these characters, as I mentioned before, would like not to be there, but they are here, and they have to make the best of their time. What did the Holdovers have to say about disability or make reference to in regard to disability? So Paul Chiamatti's character has a glass eye, doesn't really get mentioned often or enough. Or maybe, I mean, it might be just distracting at the best of times. So I think it's just something that comes with the character. Um, also, Paul and the student Angus they both have depression, and they're both taking medications for that, which were available in 1970. Mm -hmm. And, of course, those were not the cutting-edge medications that we may have today. And they also did not know a lot about mental illness, as we do today. So there is some concern about the genetics of mental illness, which was responded to with that time's knowledge. But it's still a positive and uplifting film that knows its time and place. Mm. I, I want to come back to the idea of a character-driven story rather than a plot-driven story. That's where you really need these actors to step up and be great. And Paul Giamatti is one of the best actors of his generation, like point finale, period. How did you think the actors held up in roles that were really important for them? 
I think I would like to spend time with them. I think that's how good the acting was. Wow. Um, that I would have, I would have taken a womb in that uh, dormitory. It's interesting too because they actually thought things too. Because if a student is staying over at Burton, they changed his womb, they moved his womb so that they, he would be closer to the teacher and the cafeteria manager. Because otherwise, you have an empty dormitory to yourself. That would be like The Shining. So they really thought these period things too, and. I, um, I like uh, Divine, um, her character loves watching that dating game with that TV show, and they talk about that TV show where the spouses had to answer questions about each other. <laughs> and Divine and Poetry and Matthew's character, they just have a laugh, because they're like, oh, this show would have caused a lot of divorces. And uh, Divine says, yeah, of course, because nobody really knows anybody. Mm. And so it's... It's the opposite of the movie that we presented on last week, The Creator, which was all action and no character. This is character and maybe a little bit of plot and not so much action, but this, that's not the point. This, mm. The point is to spend a Christmas break with people. You're not going to have a lot of action unless you're Bruce Willis and Die Hard. <laughs> um, so I think the main thing is that these these characters feel lived in, they feel like suits or shirts that people tried on and they inhabit it completely. And you get to learn a bit about the time period, which I'm always happy about. Mm. You talked about the time period. Obviously, it's set in the holiday season, and that creates one of the great debates in content, whether or not simply being set at the holidays makes you a holiday movie. But let me ask you this, in a world with uh, a new Hallmark holiday film released every day between Halloween and Christmas and years worth of previous content, and then of course all kinds of films about Santa Claus and reindeers and snowmen, do you think a film like The Holdovers could become a holiday classic? I hope it does. I think it touches on many of the same issues as those other films, uh, but does so in a realistic manner. Um, I think, ultimately, the holidays are sometimes the most loneliness, um, loneliness periods of the year. And, you know, for any student, for any boy or girl that has been forced to stay over on Christmas break, where all their classmates and friends get to go skiing in the mountains or get, at least get to go home and see their mom and dad, some kids don't even have a mom and a dad, right? Mm. So that might be a reason why you stay over on the holidays as well. I think all that, as well as the the families that have unfortunately lost a child for any reason, it's all here. It's all here. It's all the reasons why holidays would be so hard for some people. And the mm. only way to make that easier for everyone is to find other people like yourself and spend time with them, even though you might not want to, because ultimately that's the best way to learn about other people. Michael, I, I get the impression that it's not just that you recommend this movie, you recommend people, like, run to the theatre to go check this out. Yes, I also, you know, you have to be in the right mind. But if you're in the right mind, if, it, if you, for example, you're not looking for, like, a movie where Santa Claus is going to appear and throw presents at people's faces, then, um, <laughs> you know, this is, this is... This is a calm one. This is a. This is you know, like you said, it's not flashy, but that's part of why it succeeds because it was never meant to be flashy in the first mm. place. So, 
you know, if you're in the right mood, this movie will do you well, and uh, I give it 4.5 out of 5. Wow, wow, that's that's definitely high praise. Uh, Michael doesn't just toss out 4.5s out of 5s, no doubt about that one. Michael, thank you for this. Uh, you've now added another movie to my list of things I need to catch up on between now and Christmas. And now we don't, we don't have any monkeys with grenades in this one. So that is a little bit promising. You haven't gotten me off the creator yet. I still might watch the creator because I the, talking about monkeys and grenades uh, also appeals to me in my John Wick uh, brain. Uh, Michael, thank you for this. No problem. That's Michael McNeely, entertainment critic, with a review of The Holdovers. You can find The Holdovers in theaters. The one thing to note it is that it is rated R. Coming up after the break, Red Lobster, you know them, the restaurant, they're in hot financial water because of their latest all-you-can-eat shrimp promotion. Alex Smythe will de-shell the story as part of a roundtable chat. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.